Hi, waters with plants of the week in our Let's Dance Hydrangea. Exceptionally large, vividly colored mop top flowers, the largest of perhaps any mop top hydrangea. This showy shade lever goes through a wonderful progression of color changes from green to a bright pink. A huge plant could impress patio friends just going to $9. Only found here at Waters Gardens at Highland 1815 Ice Where people who love hydrangeas that know how to dance, love to shop. Every evening, this is why we live in Arizona. We It's just so nice here. So it's okay. It was a little chilly further into spring, but boy, when the weather turns nice, it stays that way like through October, first part of November. It's just beautiful. I love it. So oh, looking at those vistas, overlooking the dells, sipping a glass of wine, watching the hummingbirds are going crazy right now with my flowers. And so I did notice there's some things I've been doing in my gardens that, uh, well, will make a difference a little bit later on. So I love lilac. And so I've got several lilacs. I've got some standard sized ones. These are huge. They get nine feet tall. They're shading the west side of my house. So they keep things cool. That's great. So they lose their leaves in the winter. So I get some radiant heat. They put on foliage during the summer. So it cools things down. They're big. Typically, your standard lilacs, they'll bloom one time in the spring. And then there's just this beautiful, nice, lush, green shrub. I also have a series of uh, repeat blooming or miniature or dwarfed size lilacs. So these are called bloomerangs or several names. If you have repeat blooming lilacs, you should really deadhead or take off those spent flowers. So this last weekend, I took out the uh, the, the dead spent flowers. So they've, they've bloomed out. They were blooming for the last couple months. And now they're just putting nice green foliage on. They're standing about hip high. Uh, that's about as big as they get. And when I trim them, I give them just a, just a real light haircut, keeping them shaped. I don't want them to go over and get too wide and take over that space. But mainly what I'm doing, I'm, I'm actually taking the, the spent flowers off so that plant focuses on setting new flowers. Now, if I do this now and fertilize it right now, so I've, I've fertilized everything, my, my uh, uh, lilacs especially, and I took the spent flowers off, I'm setting the stage for when the monsoons finally hit, typically in July sometime. So another month off, that, that plant will start to repeat bloom again a second time. So these are called repeat blooming lilacs. They're much like roses. So roses do the same thing. In spring, they, 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 they put this huge flush of, of, of flowers on. It's so fragrant. Uh, they're, they're continuing right now. When they're done blooming, they'll take a break. And so the, if you could go through and deadhead those flowers off of that plant, they'll, they'll focus their energy on setting more flowers. So you can get them to pulsate waves of flowers more often. And so that's the secret, deadheading. This works on perennials. It works on annuals. If you take the spent flowers, so the way a plant thinks, what they're trying to do is reproduce themselves. And so they're using flowers to attract pollinators, 
to help pollinate their flowers back and forth, male and female parts kind of doing their thing on the plant. And the bees, the moths, the butterflies, they, that's what their job is to cross pollinate flowers. And so when they do that and it's properly done, they'll set seed. And so now the plant focuses all of its energy on putting seed out instead of flowers. Going, okay, my job here's done. I've bloomed. I've pollinated. I'm now, I've now can now reproduce by setting a seed. And so by deadheading or taking that pollinated flower off the plant, the plant literally goes, oh no, what am I going to do? I didn't set seed. Oh, I, I better do this again. Hurry up. The season might end soon. Let's put more flowers out. And so that's what they do. They put more flowers out. And so the, the bees will do their thing. They'll pollinate. They'll try, try to, so the plant can actually form a new seed. And so if you keep deadheading your flowers, the plant never produce, never puts any energy into producing seed. It just focuses it in on flowers. And that's how you get plants to bloom more frequently. Now, if you're doing that, plants, it takes a tremendous amount of energy to produce a flower like that. And so it's not like you just give it some water and it's gonna be fine. No, you need to actually give it some meat and potato kind of stuff, some nitrogen, some phosphorus, some potash. A good balanced organic fertilizer makes a huge difference. And so I sprinkled, when I got done trimming back my lilac, I went ahead and, and sprinkled some 744 all-purpose plant food over the, the, the root zone of that plant. and. And then I also, just because I want it to be over for 4th of July, at some time in July, I want this lilac, the entire backyard to smell of lilac again for two months. And so I, I, I juiced it again with flower power. I gave it two things. One was a granular food. That's just, This is for the long term. For the next three months, it'll just break down and slowly fertilize this plant. So I get more pinnacles, more of those flowers, more of those bracts that, that cover the top side of this lilac. In addition, I add a water-soluble food. It's called flower power. It's 48% phosphorus, nitrogen, phosphorus, potash. That middle number, the higher that middle number you can get, the more flowers it will produce. And it's water-soluble. So it's available to the plant like today, like right now. So if you just sheared back that lilac or, or a butterfly bush or a rose, whatever, whatever repeat blooming thing you have, if you cut back those flowers, spent flowers, you give it some fertilizer and you give it some liquid phosphorus like right now, you are guaranteed. I mean, it's just going to happen. You're going to have this thing bloom again. I'd say the same thing would go for echinaceas, gallardias, the, these these perennial flowers that spend a lot of energy focused on flowers to set seed so that they can, if you just pinch those off, give it some more phosphorus and you can get this thing to repeat bloom. Carnations, they'll repeat bloom like six times in the season. Maybe you can get it to nonstop flower with those little few tips. Now, we're a couple weeks off from Mother's Day. And so we just sold a, a, literally thousands of hanging baskets, these big, beautiful, we grow a, an extra large hanging baskets, more soil, so the, the flowers will grow more. If you're not fertilizing those hanging baskets, your flowering things 
with a water-soluble phosphorus. Flower power is what we make here at Waters Garden Center. So flower power, it's 48% phosphorus. That's that middle number, forces more flowers. You need to be fertilizing your flowering things at least twice a month with a good, solid, water-soluble plant food. If you're doing that, it will continue to bloom. If you don't, it'll get wispier and thinner and it'll stop blooming. And with it by, by the end of June, it'll just be this beautiful green plant, no flowers or very few. And you'll blame, oh, it's the wind or it's the bugs or it's something else. No, it's you. You didn't give them enough food. You're starving this little puppy dog out there in the yard. Why would you do that? You wouldn't do it to a puppy dog. Why would you do it to your flowers? So you need to give them more regular plant food. And part of this is because of the mountains of Arizona. We've got this very heavy water. Oh my gosh, it locks up minerals. It doesn't allow the plant to get to it. So you're fertilizing more often here in the mountains of Arizona because of our water. Mainly, it's the enemy. So it's got real high pH, heavy minerals. So you need the right kind of food. And I would say, for the love of gardening, please, everyone, stop using miracle Grow. My goodness, that stuff is killing your plants. It does not actually form more flowers. It's a salt-based fertilizer. And you're adding it to this heavy mineral watered stuff. You wonder why you're struggling. It's because you're using the wrong kind of stuff. My goodness. So you've, but you've tuned into the right place. So deadhead flowers. Give them a good flower power, water-soluble food. For the bigger things, give them some granular stuff. So all-purpose plant food. And with those two little magic tips... It'll be a game changer for how much color and fragrance and beauty hummingbirds and butterflies it'll be in your gardens. Okay, we got Lisa Waters Lane coming in. Gotta take a break, pay a couple bills. We'll be right back after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion plants for June are Sunburst Locust, Moonshine Yarrow, Silverberry, and Hall's Honeysuckle. Ideal at growing up fences, walls, or as a ground cover. Wind, drought, deer, javelina are no problem. Hall's Honeysuckle is an outstanding mountain vine with fragrant yellow flowers that loves blooming in the summer heat. An excellent solution for a fast-growing screen even in the poorest of soil. You'll only find the hardiest vines at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe dogs make shopping more fun. Bring your dog to Waters Garden Center. Go native with Waters' locally grown selection of overachievers. Waters' hand-selected native plants and cactus are famous for continual blooms, natural beauty, and low care. You can do this. A stunning backyard with less water and even less work. And Waters can help. Go native with Waters' selection of overachieving native plants from Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters' native plants in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so we are back in the studio with Lisa Waters Lane. She comes each week with your garden questions, just what's going on in your neighbor's yard. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. Thank you. Good to be here, as always. How good is it to be here? 
it's air conditioned in here, so yes. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a warm one this week, it has. so it's finally. It has. I mean, to be in the 90s, June 90s yeah. goes together. Right. But the humidity later in the week started to go up. Like, oh, now it's 90s and humid, 30 yeah. percent. That's for us though that's a lot so yeah that heat's just been a little little rough lately but you find cool places to hang out shade shade lots of shade you right. run from shade that's why we have so much uh greenhouse glass yeah. yes it controls the spring cold but then we've got uh automatic shade structure shade uh it draws over the mm -hmm. so it gets the sun out of the greenhouses so you kind of jump from one greenhouse to the other greenhouse to the tree racks yeah uh, so and then you just squirt yourself the hose while you're out there too <laughs> we need we need customer umbrellas everyone's issued an umbrella so they could walk out and shop the shrubs mm -hmm. and okay maybe that's too i'll much. work on that yeah. no. <laughs> so anyway this is garden yeah. questions so yeah it's garden questions so dan <laughs> would like to buy his father a Father's Day gift of a fast-growing shade tree for his new home <laughs> that he has out in Chino. And he wants to know what recommendations you would have. So, yeah, Chino Valley. There's some beautiful trees. Actually, that whole valley from, from Prescott Valley, Chino Valley, uh, Paulden, that whole area is sort of the same. Mm -hmm. And so I would even say Dewey, that, that, that Dewey where the, you get that tunnel effect through those hills. Uh, but you need, you need trees that can take sun, wind, and they've got that hard pan, that soil. And then most people are on wells out there. Not everyone, but but most people have a well. So they tend to terribly overwater things. It's just amazing how much, when water's free, you just every day let it run nonstop. And so it just kind of, you need trees that can handle that. Mm -hmm. And so, gosh, some ideas. Fast growing shade tree as a Father's Day gift. Yeah perfect weekend for that. And so I would start with sycamores. Mm -hmm. Biggest, one of the biggest growing natives. Uh, there, there's a, a Arizona variety and a European called blood good variety <clears throat> and fast growing, big leaf, thick shade, takes the wind. Mm -hmm. uh, we take all that, 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 <clears throat> that what we're talking about. One that's sort of like that. There's a lot of them up and down that valley is, is autumn blaze maple mm -hmm. it's a big growing maple it's it's a red it's the fastest growing of the red maples and so it gets up maybe 35 40 feet tall kind of 20 feet wide and it goes it gets there fast yeah. and thick shade again it's, it's mm -hmm. a very good tree uh uniquely uh, made to handle the wind it doesn't sure. get that leaf tear right. that so many maples get neither does yeah. a sycamore mm -hmm. What else? Golden locusts. Locusts would be, That'd be a good one. So um, some of the elms, like the Princeton oh, elm, yeah. would Shoot. be an amazing tree weed. out there. Yeah. yeah. Now don't don't plant Siberian elm or Chinese Ooh, elm. It's a weed. Truly, its seeds come up everywhere. But there's new varieties we've bred. That uh, there's a there's a alley elm gets mm -hmm. bright red in the fall. Doesn't get the seeds. Grows fast, super deep rooted, mm -hmm. uh, very drought hardy. Yeah. Doesn't get the elm leaf skeletonized. It's got everything you want uh, from the elm, like, like the native elms that grow around here, but without all the problems. Yeah. We bred all that out. There's an American elm. We saw the one that's downtown Prescott. Mm -hmm. That would grow very well in Chino Valley and gets big, yeah. like so instant shade. Lots of options to come check out. Yeah, oaks. Oh, I keep ash. You keep, you've got to come in here just or shop uh, top 10 trees 
Trees.com. Top 10, the number 10, Trees.com. Takes you right to our website. And all the prime, all the trees that are out there, it shows you the description, the size, the price. You can do all your research. You can even buy it there, pick it up in store. Mm -hmm. But probably best. It's come a in gift. take a look at it. Come in. Yeah. yeah, come see us. Definitely. Okay. Meg is in Prescott. She has a very dark shade spot in part of her house that she wants some shorter shrubs and some flowering perennials. Oh, okay. That's pretty easy. So, yeah. Actually, it's options. harder to grow that kind of area than it is in sun. There's it actually is. more choices for the sunny spots because mm -hmm. we're that's the kind of environment we're at. Right. But dry shade mm -hmm. is actually, can do, you can do that. It's just a little bit more, the choices aren't as, as broad. Right. Of course, number one selling flower for dry shade, hostas. I mean, just a, it's number one seller. I think it's the number one perennial sold in the country. Is it really? Yeah, but it, hmm. because of the East Coast. Yeah, I'd folks, say not here. They're, they're crazy. <laughs> uh, but it does well here too. And, and animals seem to leave it alone. It's uh -huh. just a great little plant. Sure. Uh, it is truly a perennial. Mm -hmm. What are some others? Rock rose. No, that's more that's of a sun. sun. I was thinking some of the like the Roxanne geraniums. Oh, sure. Perennial, yeah, geraniums. perennial geraniums. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, uh, bugleweed. Bugle, sure. Not bugleweed. What's it called? Bugle. I don't know. I'm thinking the number <laughs> one, though, a true weed is yeah. Vinca oh, or Periwinkle is another name. Mm -hmm. Just a ground cover that just grows. You really got to make sure it stays in it stays in check or it can right. take over an area. Mm -hmm. But Columbine. Uh, yeah. uh, just all kinds of clematis. Gracewood lithodora. Grace. Lithodora is great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're going off on Latin people. That's <laughs> no, good. The shrubs, yeah. you're looking at yews, hollies, mm -hmm. hydrangeas. Yeah. Do amazingly well. We've mm -hmm. got pinks and whites and blues. Uh, does really well here. And they'll come back year right. after year for you. So mm -hmm. that's another one. We've got two sections of nothing but shade. Right type of plants so mm -hmm. come in and take a look and something will call to you that that's so unique right. and and look at some of the variegated varieties mm -hmm. the creamy colors the bright golds akuba oh, yeah. like aruba it looks tropical it does but it's hardy as can be it's got a big glossy evergreen leaf yeah. it's, but it's got uh, green glossy green with speckled gold mm -hmm. it's very pretty and a bright and, and it's a dark evergreen spot. i mean evergreen. you would never think that yeah. shrub would live here but we have yeah. one in our backyard underneath our, Got our two region. we have two i planted another one i liked that oh, another spot that was kind of dry that okay. it was shady it's underneath the mimosa i thought i'm gonna try that and it's just thriving okay. it's gone sub-zero with us yeah. several winters yeah. so it's just a great little plant that's someone that's good good yeah okay so come in check them out uh sandy has a question she has a peach tree that all of a sudden is starting to drop his peaches. Oh, no. They're not ripe. She wants to know what's going on with that. So um, it's stressed. You should <laughs> watch it. Hot? it. It's <laughs> hot. Yes, it's hot. <laughs> and so it's not unusual for pitted fruits mm -hmm. to shed, pitted fruits shed in June. Very, very common. And what happens is the plant, they load up with too many fruits, too many plums, too many cherries, too many apricots, nectarines, peaches. Mm -hmm. And so you get too many of them. And so now it's gotten hot. Your irrigation that you had can't quite, the plant wants more moisture than it's getting or receiving, or it's hotter. It could actually be it's perspiring faster 
that it can take up from the roots. Literally, the roots only have so much capacity. And then if it perspires faster, it's hot, faster than it can take in water, it can it can drop food, fruit. So mm -hmm. um, it'll it'll self prune. Right. Now, if the leaves are turning yellow, that's different than leaf drop than fruit drop. Mm -hmm. So I'd say you probably want on any pitted fruit at least half the fruit to go away. Otherwise, you're left with hundreds and hundreds of little tiny plums, little tiny peaches, little tiny fruits, and it's all pit. Right. No, no flesh. Mm -hmm. So you really do need to to thumb prune some of that fruit off of there, and that'll help the fruit that remains to be larger. So it's not concerning right. to have some fruit drop. I think mm -hmm. most folks freak out. You know, they see three peaches on the ground, and <laughs> they need to see a hundred and three, and they're going, "Oh no, what do I do?" It's common. And then I would obviously water. Mm -hmm. You might even supplement. You know, hand water some extra put a soaker hose around that that'll help that plant you make sure that all the roots are hydrated instead of just where those two drippy knitters are that could be part of it too oh so. definitely yeah i've seen way too many people with their emitters way too close to the trunks of their yeah. trees you gotta yeah. move them out people. yeah and, and increase the numbers so great questions this week lisa thanks for coming in so sure. ken and lisa lane the mountain gardeners we'll be right back you're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion Plants for June are Golden Locust, Silverberry, Hall's Honeysuckle, and Portulaca. Portulaca tolerates blazing sun where the neon flowers attract butterflies. Available in red, orange, violet, white, and pink. Great for containers, rock gardens, between sunny stepping stones, or any hot, dry garden space where nothing else grows. The brighter, the better. You'll find the toughest bloomers at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe bees and monarchs are in danger, and we can save them at Waters Garden Center. A rose should smell like a rose. Waters has grown 1,000 roses that actually smell like a rose with larger flowers, higher petal counts for bushes of sheer beauty. Hybrid tea, floribunda, climbing, and carpet roses, to name just a few. For roses that delight the eyes, tickle the nose, and get your gardens blooming, shop at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Shop Waters' entire rose selection in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. There are so many beautiful shrubs and summer is their time to shine. So I think so the spring bloomers have better fragrance, but they're not as bright. They're not as large. Uh, I think the summer blooming shrubs have brighter colors. And we start with crepe myrtles, right? well, butter, butterfly bush, potentia. But there's a whole series of them that are just spectacular. I thought I'd give you just a quick list of which ones are probably the best you'll see now. So in spring, 
we just don't even have crepe myrtle. They're kind of late to come out. They like summer. They they leaf out a little later, so they're not really leafed until sometime in May. And then right after they put their foliage on, they start setting flowers and they bloom the rest of summer. They love everything about summer. So crepe myrtles. Now, if you're from the South, you know, you grow them as trees. Here, we don't grow crepe myrtles as trees. They're mainly large shrubs. They'll get up easily. Head height, maybe a little bit taller. But every once in a while, winter kind of resets them and it kind of dwarfs them a bit. So they never grow into really big trees. I wish they would or they'd come up with a variety. But boy, if you want bright, I mean, just like pure white, like brighter than, than printer paper white. I mean, just like bridal white and then add some sunshine. That's crepe myrtle white. Pinks that are fluorescent, they almost glow at night. Purples that are just royal and rich. These are crepe myrtles. Reds that are the brightest. I mean, hummingbirds are going to love you. Another one that's sort of in that same companion plants, butterfly bush. Now, we're famous for butterfly bush. Other parts of the country, they get a bad rap. The snow beats them up. Things happen. They get too big. They get diseased. Here, none of that happens. This is their place. They love growing here better than they do in Iowa, better than they do in California, better than they do anywhere else. They love growing here in the mountains of Arizona. They love this elevation, the sunshine, and we are on the migratory path of monarchs with butterflies, basically. Butterflies, you will attract more butterflies by having a butterfly bush or two or three in the yard. Now there's different sizes. So there's the big standard one. Your grandparents grew, they're 10, 12 15 feet tall. They're huge. Again, this is their place. They love growing here in the mountains of Arizona. Uh, but there's also a whole series of dwarfed ones. So we've got uh, a little ankle, not ankle high, maybe knee high, just below knee high. So kind of a spreading uh, uh, butterfly bush. I like the medium size. I just planted a red one in my yard. So just off the patio, I want to bring more butterflies closer to where we enjoy the sunsets. Butterflies are just like magic. So I printed a little, uh, a, a red dwarfed butterfly bush and only get four or five feet kind of just above hip high. Easy to maintain. Same flower, same great big long six inch pinnacle flower that butterflies love, but the tree itself, the shrub is shorter. Another one, a lot of folks from you, tropical, you know, the Californias, Hawaii's, the desert folks, Palm Springs, you've got uh, Phoenix, Tucson. You love your hibiscus. I want a big old hibiscus. I want a flower the size of my wife's head. That's what I want. I want it now. Well, sorry, you can't have that. It doesn't grow up here. But there's a cousin to that called Rose of Sharon, which is a hibiscus. The flower only gets maybe six inches across instead of bigger than your hand. So it's but it makes up for just sheer quantity. I mean, just hundreds of flowers. And they come in a single flower, a double ruffled. They've got blue and pink and white and blue variegated. It's, it's, there's a lot of choice. It is a stunning shrub of summer. It doesn't like spring. It's going to leaf out a little later. But boy, when it gets warm out, they just start setting buds. I've literally had Rose of Sharon that had so many buds, bud flowers on it, that the, 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 the plant, I had to stake it. It fell over. It had so much weight of flowers. It's that stunning. It's crazy. They do grow well here. One that uh, I think is 
kind of forgotten sometimes only because it's pint-sized. It gets knee-high, kind of ball-shaped. It's called a potentia or potentella, if you're in Midwest, so two L's. Potentia. It is a, a just a sun-loving, bask-in-the-heat, starts blooming sometime the end of April through October. It's an amazing long bloom cycle. Nothing bothers it. It'll take on heat, take a blow dryer to it, then kick dirt at it, curse at it. It will keep blooming. Potentia has a, a yellow flower about the size of a quarter, and it's loaded with dozens of flowers all the time. Loves the sun. Loves growing up here. A companion plant to that would be salvia or autumn sage, salvia gregii. What are some others? Uh, Catoniaster loves growing side by side. So these are heat loving. Uh, the, the native one, Oregon grape or, or Mahonia. It's a native, looks like a holly, but it has yellow flowers on it. it. Just loves the heat of summer. And so it just takes, it just takes whatever we give it. There's a lot of great choices. If you need some more color in your yard while you're out there entertaining, you're sipping iced tea with friends and neighbors, you should have some color and fragrance out there. Uh, now is a great time to plant a new summer blooming shrub in your backyard. It'll make a difference and it will make you happy. Okay, be right back right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden companion plants in May are vining the kibia, purple robe locust, prescott, sunshine geraniums, and Indian hawthorn. Wind is no problem for this Indian hawthorn. Rose-colored flowers cover this spring bloomer that often repeat blooms in fall. Dark blue berries adorn this compact bush that takes the wind and soaks up the sun like a native. Perfect for low-maintenance gardens with virtually no pruning ever. Every backyard should have at least one and only found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. We believe work should be as much fun as our customers. At Waters Garden Center, 300,000. Imagine a landscape needing 300,000 trees. Wow. But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so <laughs> back with Lisa Waters. Like, what is that? That's no intro. People are listening right now. So anyway, uh, we, uh, <laughs> you got me flustered. Uh, Lisa Waters Lane's in the studio. My my gal, my favorite gal. Uh, just a person that's a good gardener, uh, a good wife. I think just a good person. Well, I Lisa. try. Do you? Do sure. you try? Don't you? Well, I don't know if you try very that hard enough. What? I actually don't try. I just naturally am a good person. Maybe you should try a little harder. <laughs> Maybe so. Anyway, we can all do better. Always. Always. So yes. positive, uplifting gardening. We all just need to garden more. We do. Everybody should be out gardening. It does make you happier. makes you 
feel better. You, anytime I think you can walk away from a computer screen, a TV screen, whether you're gardening in your house with your house plants or your greenhouse or out in your yard, I think you're better. I was, I was helping one of our good customers. He's been a customer for 20 years. He's a regular. I mean, he's one of those, you can just name him. Going, hey! And so he brought his son in with him, his mm-hmm. son-in-law. Mm-hmm. And so he's bringing his son-in-law to his garden center. I'm hugely honored. He's up from Phoenix, going to help mm-hmm. him up just the weekend. And uh, his son-in-law is trying to get him to meditate. <laughs> and so, I mean, he's a hardcore gardener. Yeah. He's, he loves going out and picking carrots, planting planting flowers hardcore gardener and I, I listened to him banter back and forth he's going he's trying to get me to meditate i don't want to i, I have a hard time doing it i'm going you know what i think meditation is it's anything that can take your t- your mind mm-hmm. off of time huh. that's meditation I and do. gardening does that well i've <laughs> i'd listened to them both go back and forth brilliant guys both of them really brilliant I'm going, I don't even know. I'm just selling petunias here. You want a purple one or a pink one? And so, but I'm into the discussion mm-hmm. and I never thought about that. But it's just when I go out into the garden, I don't take my phone with me. Mm-hmm. I don't wear a watch and I just lose track. Mm-hmm. It, it quickly, the end of the day comes, you go, where did it go? It was so right. pleasant, so meditative, so mm-hmm. therapeutic, so in in the zone with nature. And if you live this high stress job all the time with deadline, 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 and you don't have a garden, maybe you do need to meditate. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is good for you. I'm sure it's good for you. But if you're a gardener, I think it sort of is meditation, closer to God, or there's some creation, living, breathing things. There's a lot of pluses with that. Anyway, I don't even know why I shared that story. Yeah, we all need to garden more. There you go. That's it. It's a long-winded way of saying <laughs> We should all just garden. Of course, everyone here, they're tuned into a garden (laughs) show. So, of course, they're already gardeners or entertained by people behind a screen. I think we're preaching to the choir. I know. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, it has definitely warmed up this week. Yeah, it feels good. Finally, I'm warm. Finally, it feels good. Finally. Yes. So, it is. We finally reached those over 85 temperatures. and Not my favorite. Don't care for it. But... You still got to be out there gardening, even though it's over 85. Well, if you don't, your plants are going to wilt and die because they're <laughs> hot too. But I thought, because there's a few pots out front that I'm having to redo myself because in our personal yard, because some of the things I put in there just aren't working out the way I thought they were going to work out. And to me, they're just not pretty. So I'm going to yank those plants out of there. I may move them to some other places in the yard. But I was walking through the upper house looking for those annuals, those plants that yeah. you get one season of glory out of, um, and trying to decide what I wanted to put in my pots. What did They're, you decide? So my pots are right out front of the house. They get sun from yeah. sun up to sun down. They South pretty much facing. get full sun. So I was looking for those annuals that really can take that heat. And I was also looking for some that, you know, I don't have to be out there every five minutes watering because yeah. I'm not good at that either. But that had a little more forgiveness factor to them. So some of the ones Ooh, that I came up with. That's a good list. With, wow. Of course. So Lantana was probably my, we have some beautiful ones up there right now. We have the um, Lucky Sunrise Rose, which is kind of a pink and yellow color. And we have one that's called Hot Blooded Red, which is kind of a red and with some yellow in it too. But both just really bright striking colors um, that really take that heat 
and they're not overly thirsty plants. Um, so I'm going to put some of those in. And then I also saw we have a purple... Um, Lantana? Yeah. Really? What's it do? Drapes. What's drapes? Oh. Flow. What is it? Prostrata. You can, <laughs> can go Latin on folks. You kind of bluff that way. <laughs> you know, it hangs down, yeah. whatever that is. Trailing. Trailing. Thank yeah. you. Gosh. You're welcome. You get to this time of day. And I'm still stuck on hot-blooded, uh, what was it? Hot-blooded. Hot-blooded red. Hot-blooded red. And the other one was? Uh, sunrise Lucky, lucky sun, lucky hot blooded red sunrise. <laughs> Man, I'm just going to. Okay, we'll move on from those. <laughs> if you want something tall, it needs a little height in there. We have a salvia called Sally Fun oh, Deep Ocean. That sounds cool. And so they're probably foot and a half, maybe even taller. Yeah. A beautiful blue, purple. Wow. Yeah. It's tall. They're tall. Beautiful. It'd be great in some pots that you need some height with. Yeah. Um, great pollinator plant as well, uh, but just a really nice, dark, rich color is really what drew me to them as I was walking up to the upper house. So that's a great one. And then your vinca, of course, the annual vinca. Yeah. Um, we have the cascading. There you the go. Trailing. <laughs> Prostata. And the uprights, which, yeah. um, you know, what about foot high if you're growing the uprights? But those are another one that is so... You don't even have to deadhead those. You just kind of walk by and shake them a little bit. And the old blossoms just kind of fall right off. And it, they just bloom continually yeah. so nicely. And the varieties that we have <laughs> here, the vincas, we're bringing in select varieties that don't get the mildews and mm -hmm. they don't melt. There's some that have problems. Some of the other places around town are selling the old school one. We're bringing mm -hmm. the better genetics mm -hmm. where they're, they're less prone to melt down right. in the moist afternoon, monsoon kind of stuff. They're yeah. better Cora varieties. Mm -hmm. They're just better Vincas. Vincas are truly one of those that really hates to be overwatered. Yeah, they're so super dry. If, if you're one of those waters that are like me, yeah. you, oh, 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 maybe I should water <laughs> It's good for they're, you. They're perfect for you because they don't want to be constantly wet. So, Portulaca. Oh, perfect. Which is another great one. The Happy Hour Mix. I just like the name, Happy Hour Mix. Um, has multiple colors. like pouring a glass of wine right now or something. <laughs> but yeah, I like it. It's got pinks and yellows and yeah. whites and orange. And I took some of those and I we have a pot of um, the Rainbow Ascot Euphorbia which is a little more upright, grows more upright. And I wanted something to kind of fill that pot there to kind of soften the edge. So I put the portulaca in there. and Oh, my gosh. It's Happy. really taken off. It's not just hot. It's not just southern exposure. Those gardens are radiant heat. They're on patios, reflective walls. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a, a courtyard for you folks that have a courtyard area. It's that. Mm -hmm. It's super hot. It's hard to grow things. Yeah. It's easier to grow things in the winter. That's true. It stays warm, but it's hard to grow things in the summer because you need just you need the right plant in the mm -hmm. right spot. Yeah. Those are great, super good. And most mm -hmm. of those, the javelina, the deer, the rabbits, they don't like salvia. They don't like right. stinky. They don't like cora. Lantana. They don't like lantana and mm -hmm. vinca and that stuff. So they're right. great choices. Mm -hmm. We also have some beautiful angelinas in. So Ooh. if you're looking for, it reminds me of a snapdragon, but it takes the heat so much better. Summer snapdragon. So kind of a tall, yeah. has a spiky flower on it. We have them in dark purples and roses and, and whites and Perfect for those really hot things that you still want that look of a snapdragon, but snaps aren't so happy this time of year. They're green, but they're not blooming. That is but true. Angelina. Uh-huh. Is Angelonica? Angelina? 
Angelina. Angelina loves it. Loves it. <laughs> it looks delicate, but it's super, super hardy. Yeah, and they grow them down in Phoenix. I mean, Vinca looks like a delicate, glossy, high maintenance kind of mm -hmm. plant. It's bulletproof. Yeah. It just doesn't perspire. That's the reason we put those in the hanging baskets. The downtown Prescott, we 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 grow those baskets for them. We hung them last this this last week, and we put Vinca. Yep. And and uh, Million Bell's Petunias and Potato Vine. Yep. And th so the merchants downtown should be super happy with how those grow. They're big, big long tendrils, that, but still they're easy to maintain. Right. So both. Definitely. That's commercial setting, so it's so mm -hmm. difficult. Yep. All right. Thank you, Lisa. We are out of time. Thanks so much. Okay. Ken and Lisa Lane, The Mountain Gardeners. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden companion plants for June are moonshine yarrow, silverberry, Hall's honeysuckle, and sunburst locust. Sunburst locust cheerfully shouts, hello spring, with its glowing yellow leaves. As summer heats up, it settles down to a naturally cool green, only to turn gold again in the autumn. This water's exclusive casts a dappled shade, perfect for reading books or sharing an outdoor meal, and impervious to deer. You'll find the coolest trees here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Wondering why the grass is always greener on the other side? Well, it's probably because your neighbor used the all-purpose fertilizer from Waters Garden Center. Monsoon is right around the corner, and it's the perfect time to feed your plants. Waters All-Purpose Fertilizer is the only organic made especially for Arizona mountain soils. Don't buy a bunch of different fertilizer for your flowers, veggies, trees, or grass. This one does it all. The plants on your side will be happier, healthier, well, greener. Safe, natural, organic. Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So the month of June is one of my favorite times to garden, and let me tell you why. June is when the perennial flowers, the best selection of perennial flowers shows up at the garden center. Now, perennials are those plants that come back year after year. So you plant them once and you're done, once and done. Perennials, perennials and permanent both start with P. So annuals, they bloom like crazy for a year and then they're done. So that's it, that's it. Once, once the winter kills them off. Perennials come back every year. Now, most perennials hibernate underground through winter. So they're, they're keeping their core alive. And so the mums, you know, they were beautiful in the fall and then they, they turn straw colored and, and now you've probably cut all those things back. And now this new plant is showing up a foot, a foot and a half high. And so it's, this is the normal procedure. So uh, asters and echinaceas and galardias and salvias and sages, these are all things that are perennials. They come back year after year. 
Now, we've got perennials in the spring, but because they're just coming up, they're basically green blobs in a bucket, and you're buying them by the tags. So you're reading these little tiny tags. You barely, you better bring your cheaters because the, the plant tags are so small, you could hardly read the writing. And the picture on it is beautiful, but it's the size of a stamp. I mean, how do you shop for these things with that kind of environment? In the month of June, it all changes. So they've had a couple months to come back from the roots. They've started to elongate. And now in June, you'll find at your garden center, all the perennials are in bloom. So now you're not shopping by that little tiny tag and postage size <laughs> photo. It's in fragrant bloom right before your eyes, right there. And so it's much easier to shop for perennials. The, the selection of perennials is actually greater in the month of June, June, July, that's kind of the peak window for perennial flowers. Yeah, there's a lot of annuals. Yeah, uh, there's still some tomatoes, but, but perennial flowers. This is when that department upsizes and you get more varieties because they just look so good. I really think we should have more perennials in the gardens. Why plant? Why do all that work? Why not just plant it once and you're done? I go so far as to say that many of the shrubs that we sell are really just big, woody perennials. I mean, a lilac that repeat blooms. I mentioned that earlier. They, they come back and they repeat bloom over and over. It's just a big, instead of a little ankle-high, knee-high flower, it's a hip-high shrub that blooms over and over. So you can think through your seasons. So you need spring bloomers, you need summer bloomers, you need some fall blooming, you need some anchoring evergreens out there to keep you looking good through winter. So you think through and you design your landscape so you've always got something exciting, new, blooming in the yard. And perennials, I think, are the core, the, the baseline. So what I'm helping folks design, I'm, I'm trying to focus them in on the perennial flowers. In fact, in my container gardens, or raised bed gardens. I actually use anchors. The, the main garden of plants are perennials. And then I might accessorize or add some color or a different texture or color fragrance with annual flowers. So I've got mainly the perennials hold me year after year. So I don't have to do as much planting. And then I add a few perennial flowers. I scatter those things in uh, the, the annuals and perennials. You can blend the two things together. It's not one or the other, it's both. And so we live in such a, a beautiful spot of the country where you can take advantage of that. We grow better perennials here than most parts of the country. Perennials love, they love winter. They need winter to be able to rest and take a breather. They like hibernating like squirrels or bear out in the forest. They like hibernating underground. Then they come back fresh every spring. And so then they start growing and blooming again. And so they need this cycle. They like the bright, they like the elevation, the, the, the higher altitude. They love bright sun. It helps them to bloom better. The wind can be a little awkward. So if they're tall things like big perennials, you might have to stake, let's say a peony. Peonies, they need a, they get so big, they can catch the wind. So you might have to stake them a little bit, but they love our sun. They love our, our water. They like everything about us out here. And a lot of the perennials, the animals don't eat. And so you'll see that deer and rabbit and javelina, 
they will tear up your annual flowers, but they'll tend to leave not all of them, but, but certain ones they would much rather pass by and go eat your neighbor's annual flowers. I'd rather eat uh, the pansies, violas, and kales over there than they would your echinaceas, galardias, coreopsis, sages here. They just don't like the flavor and smell of perennials. So if you're near that wildland interface, you've got hot antelope jump on the fence. If you've got, uh, if, I mean, we've even got elk up towards Ash Fork. You folks, I don't know how you deal with us. They're just basically a cow with long, that can jump a fence and they eat everything. And so the perennials are much more attuned. They're, they're much better at, at defending themselves, either with a taste, a texture. Many of times you'll see the the, the perennial flowers have a, like a, a follicle on, on the back side of their foliage. Or sometimes they'll put, if you'll see, a lot of perennials are two-toned colored. So on the top of the foliage, it's green. On the bottom, it's silver. Those are all natural defenses that plants use to defend themselves from critters. And so that texture, that white texture, let's say on a sycamore tree, that's a classic. It's got the green on one side, white on the other. That's actually something to keep the deer off of them. And so that's that white powder kind of gets stuck in their throat and they're kind of going, oh man, <laughs> it tasted so good, but it went down so hard. Oh my gosh, I need some water. A lot of your perennials have that. I really like euphorbia family. So rainbow ascot, gopher plant, a lot of these real succulent looking kind of plants. It's really robust. Uh, Arizona plants, they've got a taste to them. They just don't, they've got this milky kind of sap to them. They've learned, oh, if something starts eating me, make sure that their mouth goes numb because this texture, this, this sap they're eating is going to, they won't be able to, to taste a thing for days. So they kind of quickly stop eating on that euphorbia. Some plants have an herb, have a smell. So a lot of your herbal plants, so rosemary, lavender, anytime you see the word sage in the plant or salvia, salvia or sage. So sage is the common name, salvia is the, the Latin name. So those are both very, they're related to herbs. And so these plants actually throw off a, a scent that, that animals go, oh, I know that one. Every time I eat that, I just feel sick to my stomach for three days. I'm not going to eat that anymore. So the plants have learned if I put off this fragrance that you and I like, I mean, I love the smell of lavender. I love thyme. I love oregano. Animals don't. I think it's because a little bit of herb goes a long way. But if you're digesting an entire field, you're going to get sick to your stomach. You just don't need that much cilantro. You don't need that much sage. So they kind of pass it by. And so the plants have learned to, that mainly perennial plants, they've come back year after year for millennia. They have learned how to defend themselves from animals. And so if you're in that area where you've got jackrabbits, oh my gosh, they're like a rabbit on steroids. They eat everything. They're like a miniature deer. So they just, perennials are your solution. So you start out with a, and what I tell my customers when, when they're in, I go, listen, you've got some javelina. This is on the list. They generally are going to leave the sage alone. Why don't you take one home, try it, because they're going to notice it night one. They're going to be there like the next day. They're going to try it. And so they're going to, if they're going to eat it, they're going to eat it like right now. And so test it before you commit to 30 of them along the back fence. 
Try one. Test victim is what I call it. See if that, see what happens. And we can kind of hone you in on that. Now, sometimes animals, they dig it up just for fun. I mean, javelina especially. They'll come in just going, hey, hey, Joe, come over here. Let's, let's toss this thing around the back. I don't have a soccer ball. I left it at home. Let's throw this guy's plant around the backyard. So they'll just dig it. They don't eat it. They don't kill it. They just dig it up. I think they're looking actually for worms and grubs and that fresh earth that you prepared. So you stick it back in the ground and it goes. So and then once they do that once, they're pretty much, they'll be done. So perennials, June is the month to plant perennials. You got your best selection, best choices, your best success in, in the garden. So perennials in the month of June, be right back right after this. You're listening to local garden expert, Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden companion plants for June are Golden Locust, Moonshine Yarrow, Hall's Honeysuckle, and Gilt Edge Silverberry. Gilded Silverberry grows head high with bright gold and blue leaves that screens out the most obnoxious neighbors while standing up to blistering heat and wind. The super sweet flowers are utterly animal proof. Even javelina and deer don't like the taste of this local shrub. You'll find the best evergreen natives at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our gold star, Potentia. A rising star in the landscape, bathed in flowers as gold as an Arizona sunset. Growing to only knee high and wide, this shrub loves growing in our sun and uniquely resistant to heat, wind, water, fire, and deer, all wrapped up in a showy little package and under 30 bucks. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love gold stars wrapped in tidy little packages, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. So for those of you that are tuned in watching the video version of this podcast, this radio show, I have to apologize. I am a poster child for wearing safety glasses. If you don't, you can get a black eye like this. And so I took it in the eye with a spring-loaded pair of clamps. Anyway, it just kind of got me and bit me. So uh, the black eye, no, it was not a wife beating. It was, she. She's. it's not her fault. It's me, all me. I should have had my safety glasses on, but I was just gluing a piece of wood together. I mean, who would, who would guess it would jump out and try to bite me? But there we go. It doesn't hurt. Just uh, looks terrible. So as you see me uh, throughout the nursery, if you see me kind of walking around, notice a black eye and comment, you know, Ken, you know, you really should wear some safety glasses. And how about some hearing aids when you're running that saw? So just kind of, yes, I know. I know what to do. It's that I just don't do it. <laughs> so anyway, oh my gosh, it's kind of exciting. Uh, we picked a song. Uh, so Carrie Hughes is my choreographer, dance instructor. Uh, we're starting to take classes. So she's teaching me how to dance. No, I don't know how. And she says, yes, I do need more lessons. <laughs> oh, but we're, we got our song picked out. That's good. So it's starting. So uh, we took some great photos here at the garden center, just promotional stuff. 
take a look at those. And if you would just like, comment, share through our Facebook and Instagram posts so that we're trying to, to get the word out. Uh, she's cute as could be high energy fireball. She's a, a rancher out in Dewey. Um, great family love her kid. So just kind of fun dancer. So it should be good, but uh, take a look at those. And if you would, don't just pass going, there you are again. I'm dancing for the stars for the boys and girls club. So I'm helping the boys and girls club raise money for dancing for the stars. I would like to thank Finley Toyota. They just stepped up and said, I'll sponsor that. So that's my newest sponsor. So appreciate that. And we've got plenty more I'll mention later. Uh, so it's just fun. Another exciting thing that's happening. The classes are starting. The classes are starting. And so in the month of May, we take a bit of a break. And so the, the facility, literally, I don't have enough parking spaces here at the garden center to host all the gardeners and students at a garden class. So we take a little break. Well, they're starting back. The entire summer series is starting June 10th. That's next Saturday. So we'll host them through through the fall. Saturdays at 9.30 here at the Garden Center. They are free. So we just want you to be, to have more success, to find the delight, to be giddy about gardening, to, to lose track of time, to have therapy sessions, not with your therapist, but with your gardens, with butterflies, with plants, with, with just sunsets and fresh air. And there's something to that. And so the very first class is planting better berries and grapes. This edible thing is off the charts. Families, the millennials are going to change. There's this renaissance of, of gardening if, with, with having a sustainable, edible landscape. So we start with that one. So it's June 10th, 17th, perennials that thrive in the heat. So we're in the summer, and this is when perennials should be put in the ground. We'll show you which ones are the best. And then better mountain fruit trees and how to plant them and get a harvest. So fruit trees are still big. It's time to put fruit trees in the ground. We thought we'd go over that June 24th and a big one. We take a little break over 4th of July. It's a holiday. Everyone's traveling. No one's going to come to a garden class. Take a break. But July 8, gardening for newcomers. This is a biggie. So if you're new to the area or you just want to up your game, you want to learn a few tidbits, hang out with some really cool people that love funky hats and break gloves. They're called gardeners. Come join us. That's gardening for newcomers. And the whole list keeps going on. Take a look at watersgardencenter.com. There's a big button on the front that says classes. Take a look. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, were here throughout the week. We'd love talking to fans of the show. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more, or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott.